It's your boy Trav from Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, and we have a very special sponsor this week. Professional wrestler, motivational speaker, workout enthusiast, and a soldier to these here United States, Dewan O'Neill has released his very first book, Dear Dominic, which is an open letter to his son to provide a roadmap to life, paired with advice to navigate obstacles to thrive as a minority male in the United States. You can order your copy today on Amazon by searching up Dear Dominic. Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And joining me as always is my boy, Trav, the Trash Man Martin. How you doing today, Trav? Hey, I'm chilling. You know, I, I got a little distracted because usually fr- I always say, hey, no, friend of the podcast, Megan, she told me she just finished season one of Amphibia. Uh-huh. And you know how I feel about that show. It's the mm-hmm. greatest cartoon out, you know, in the last decade, easily, in my opinion. So I got to um, check it out, man. Like, hey. I, I know that they talk about it a lot and I, I've seen you talk about it. So, yeah, it's definitely something that I want to check out. But I thought that you were going to say that, uh, we're down a man this week because usually yeah. I always say joining me as always is my co-host Rebellious D and Trav the Trash Man Martin. But D is on vacation. He's not dead this time. He's uh, just on vacation. <laughs> Even though vac- you went, you kind of wished him dead on vacation. You was uh I know, I know. I didn't wish him. I said yeah. D don't die. <laughs> you, you had said, you was putting negative thoughts out in the ether about I'm just saying because last last time like he exploded in our face. <laughs> so hey. And we, we <laughs> ain't nobody exploding in my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bro! But uh, yeah, thank you everybody for uh, you know listening to uh, our brand new episode and tuning in. We appreciate mm-hmm. you uh, joining us on this week's episode. Is uh, a very very cool person. Um, some of you may remember him. He voiced Dean Winchester on the Supernatural anime and. I just want to say that one of the things that I love about leveling up with Benjamin Banks is when we have these guests up here, you find out a little bit more about them when we have to do our research. And we found out that he was a rapper. Mm-hmm. He's done a bunch nah, he of- he more than a rap. He's an MC, bro. He's an MC. He got He's the done, bars. He has bars. Like, I mean, like we listen to his music on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The dude can spit. Mm-hmm. And he spits hot fire. Like the hey, boy Dylan. Hey, that, hey. He got the approval from Onyx. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you get the nod from Onyx that, hey, mm-hmm. this guy can spit, hey. The rest is history. The rest is history right there. Uh-huh. And uh, with no further ado, that man is Mr. Anakin Slade. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go ahead and give him a call. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsors. Have you ever gone to a store and you wanted to get some nerd decor to decorate your home, but you couldn't find it? Maybe a Dragon Ball Z photo on the wall or a My Hair Academia pot to put your flowers in. Well, I have some good news. This is Benjamin Banks from the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast. And I love to tell you about Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T. Tiny T, she specializes in creating nerd decor, paintings, floor arrangements, and seasonal nerd decor for the holiday season. You can check out all of her products on the links that we provide at the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks page. And if you use the code leveling up, you will get 10% off. So go ahead and head over to her website and 
use that 10% off code and decorate your home with any type of nerd decor that you would love to put in there. You can find her on Etsy.com slash shop slash nerdy crafts by Tiny T. And again, like I said, make sure that you use that code leveling up so that way you can get 10% off of your items. Go ahead and start decorating that home. Peace. What is good, Anakin? Thank you for joining us today on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Thank you for that intro, gentlemen. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Oh, hey, man, I awesome. appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. And uh, I want to say that you're our second guest that we've had from Canada. Right, Trev? Maybe. I thought you was going to say second hip-hop artist, so that's why I was not in my head. I, I didn't know he was going the Canadian route. So, um. <laughs> well, I, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, you're right. He is our second hip hop artist that we've had up here. And, you know, usually on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, it's like we keep it, uh, you know, nerd talk in the nerd community and everything. But, you know, sometimes up here, it's like we like to venture out and spread the uh, wings, baby. Yeah, spread the wings. And, mm-hmm. I mean, even though, you know, you're a hip hop artist, we are going to dabble back into, you know, when you were doing some voiceover work and we're going to talk about your acting career as well. So Anakin, something that we do here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, we always want to know what is the origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So who is Anakin Slade? Well, you know, it's, it's a good mix right now for me to be on this thing because all my, everything that I've done to this point has a, a, a nerd aspect to it, a geek a geek aspect to it. Cause I was, I was, that was me growing up. I was, I was all into the, you know, films and comic books and wrestling and uh, anything that falls under the geek nerd category. I was mm-hmm. probably into it. And uh, as you could tell by my, my hip hop moniker, uh, that's not my birth name. Unfortunately, I wish my parents were that cool that they get <laughs> Skywalker, but they did not. I had to name myself that. And it's funny because, you know, you guys talk about like nerd, like hip hop is like venturing outside of geekdom. But Mm -hmm. in my case, I was a huge hip hop geek. And the epitome of hip hop geekdom is the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, sure. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, I was obsessed with all kinds of music. I was obsessed with, like I said before, wrestling, comic books, all that stuff. I was really one of those people that really dove into things, Star Trek, Star Wars, everything. I was all into that. Then I discovered the Wu-Tang Clan. That's right. And I have never been more obsessed with, when I was in high school, I had never been more obsessed with anything, known more details, know the ins and outs, real names, code names, aliases. (laughs) I knew everything about every member and every single affiliate member. I was insane like that. That's crazy. When I was growing up, when I went to college, Every single, I was known as the Wu-Tang guy because every single new classroom I would go in, I would walk up to the to the board and I would chalk a Wu-Tang logo right on it. Uh-huh. it hey, I, I like how this interview is going right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my thing. So, so as, as you know, anyone who knows anything about Wu-Tang knows that, you know, every single one of them had a moniker, right? So, mm-hmm. was, you know, Method Man was Johnny Blaze and, and Ghostface was Iron Man, Tony Stark, you know, all that stuff. So when my crew, when we were into Wu-Tang, we were like, yo, we got to have monikers. You know, we got to have nicknames. So what we did as a a thing was we would take a movie character that we loved Mm -hmm. and combine it with a uh, comic book character. So uh, my thing was 
obviously Anakin Skywalker. Right. But I must preface that this was before Phantom Menace. Right. Nobody knew. Like, <laughs> that was a cool thing. You had to know, you know, you had to know who it was. You know, you had to know, you had to have remembered in Return of the Jedi when, uh, when Obi-Wan says, tells him what his father, tells Luke what his father's name was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I took the Anakin as the first name. And as the last name, I took who at the time was another obscure comic book character, Slade sure. Wilson, Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. You had to know. You had to know your DC comics at that time to know that. Now he's been inserted into the sort of DC universe. And, you know, anybody who knows anything about DC knows, you know, Deathstroke and Slade mm-hmm. Wilson. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that was my thing in high school. And then when I got into hip hop later in life, and that's a whole other arc that we can get into. But uh, when I got into hip hop, I was like, well, what's my name going to be? I don't want it to be my real name. So I was like, I'm going to be cool like Wu-Tang. So uh, I said, hey, let me just do what the one I used in high school, Anakin Slade. It, it rolled off the tongue. It it worked well. And uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Hey, that was a nice origin. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved it, man. Now, to piggyback off of what you were saying about the Wu-Tang Clan, because it's like we love the Wu-Tang Clan here as well. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever play the Wu-Tang Clan video game? My God, no, I didn't actually. That I must still- have been... That what yeah I mean it was on it was on the PS one like I still have it right I have the game but I didn't get the the controller like they like they came out with a controller that was in the shape of a W the the controller was not usable though it was was, not usable it was bad (laughs) but it was cool to say you had it you know right they are the best at stuff like that but I have to say the one geekdom that I'm not big onto is video games that's the one thing that Mm -hmm. I, I you know I had a Nintendo. I had a Nintendo growing up and I played, you know, Duck Hunt and Mario Brothers and all that stuff. But but it it kind of uh, as I got older, I kind of got away from it. And, you know, I, I, I could still sit down with some NHL hockey or some, uh, you know, football or whatever now and mm-hmm. then. But, uh, yeah, I sort of missed that that part of it. But if it was a Wu-Tang game, I didn't even know, to be honest. I didn't even know about the Wu-Tang game. I oh, played, yeah. I played. Yeah, no, it it, it was a. Uh... Kind of similar to Mortal Kombat. Like, I loved it for what it was. Like, it was for four players. You could have tag team matches. You could mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, handicap matches. Like, I mean, speaking of wrestling terms and whatnot. Um, but it, it was a fun game for its time. And one of the features that I loved about the game was if you were playing the game, you could open up the disc tray and take the game out. And you could put another CD in there. And then whatever CD you put in there, the music from that CD would be playing when you're fighting as the Wu-Tang Clan. So it was it was a very fun game. And, um, you know, I wanted to piggyback off of, you know, you said that you're into the NHL, and I see that you're a huge Montreal Canadiens fan. And, like, you know, seeing the videos that you have on your channel where it's just like, you know, uh, it was the one song, and I'm mad that I can't remember the name now, but uh, when you had all of these celebrities and, like, people all over the world, like, in the video, and, like, y'all was just showing your love for the team, man. Like, how how cool is that, man? Like, the do stuff. Yeah, that was great. That, like, well, it's called Rock the Sweater. And, Thank you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm Canadian, so obviously hockey comes with our, you know, our DNA. We're, we're born into it, and we... Uh, you know, but you know, it's funny. I was a ba- more of a baseball guy growing up. Like I love baseball. Baseball is like my number one sport, but we lost our baseball team as a lot of people know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I was always the Montreal Canadiens fan growing up, but you know, at, when the Expos left, I, you know, really my fandom for the Canadians kind of was like a therapy, you know, it was, re- it was replacing what I had lost there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so with the hip hop thing, it's like, you know, I didn't start, 
making hip hop thinking, yeah, I'm going to do hockey fight songs. You know, that wasn't right. that was never part of the plan. You know, uh, if you listen to my first record, which is in 2007, it's called Stalwart Empire. And uh, it's it's very like political and it's very um, there's a lot of movie influences and it's like a lot of imagery, you know, stuff that Wu-Tang like inspired me to want to do. And then the Canadians during that period went on this little run similar mm-hmm. to the one they just went on. All right. And and uh, I just jumped on that bandwagon and I said, let me just let me just do a little fun little fight song and get people riled up. And mm-hmm. it blew up beyond what I could ever imagine. And now, especially here in Canada, I'm known as that guy, you know, oh, yeah, that's for, awesome. for better or for worse, you know, because, you know, I, I believe in the music that I make outside of that. And a lot of people, you know how it is. They, they, they pigeonhole you, they put you in this category and mm-hmm. they're like, you're, you're the hockey guy, you know, but, uh, but it's been great for me. It's been a great ride. And, this year we had a really surprising run. Uh, we, I, I, we I want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we went all the way to the final and no one expected mm-hmm. it. And uh, it, was, exactly. it was great. It was great to piggyback again off that with the rock. Hey, you said the word. <laughs> piggyback. That's the word. Of, that's the word of the day. <laughs> I piggybacked off the, the Habs and uh, made that rock the sweater, which is it's actually a re-up of one I had made years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, all the guys that, the people and you talk about a nerd explosion to have, you know, Vigo Mortensen in it was like a like a yeah. huge, huge get for me and uh, so many other people in there that you know a lot of them are Canadian celebrities so maybe mm. you don't know them but there are a couple of ones in there like Alex Trebek and and Vigo and you know were internationally known it was right. really amazing that they participated you know mm-hmm. no I, I did see that and um, you know I also wanted to say too because you said that you know you're the hockey guy. But it's just like that can be a good thing because I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a fan who just got inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, yeah, for Toronto. Uh, for the Raptors. Raptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't so. know his name either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. The first right. fan to ever be mm-hmm. inducted to any, any sport. Yeah. yeah. Any That's sport. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll ever get to that point for me, but I know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you never know because I mean, I know WWE, like they did something too. And I'm mad I can't remember the fan's name, um, but he was always at their shows back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, like they inducted yeah. him and like he was their first fan into like the fan hall of fame. So it's like you never know, man. It's just like you got the music out there. It's just like everybody they know who you are, and like they know when they see you, it's like, yeah, like that's the halves for life guy. And I mean, you never know. I mean, you could get inducted, man. Hey, I'll 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 be uh, I'll be there. <laughs> Give me the invite. I'll I'll drive to Toronto and uh, hit that one up for sure. So now you know, I, I'm a huge Bruins fan, right? So when Ooh. we Ooh. let CJ go, and, out of here, and he he came to the Canadians, I was rooting for CJ and y'all. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. they fired y'all fired my boy. You know this past right. February, and then you went on your run, and. Honestly, hey, maybe this might ruin the the direction of the podcast, but when y'all made it to the finals, I was like, look, man, if they didn't fire CJ, they might have took that home. Well, first of all, we had him first. So we had him before. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Let's go. But but actually, I love Claude. I thought Claude was was a really good coach, and I thought it was a mistake when it happened. I thought when they – Absolutely. I thought thought they were really putting it in the hands of inexperience, and they were going to really miss that experience – down the down the stretch and and they managed to pull it out all the way to the final and 
you know, who knows if that extra experience with Julian could uh, help them, you know, win a couple of games against Tampa. But, um, you know, I, I think it was a transition period and it, it was overall, I think it'll be a good thing. But yeah, Claude, like, like I, I was mad when you guys won the cup in 2011. I was, mm-hmm. I was incensed. I was, oh, like, of course. To this day, I still don't watch the Bruins raising the cup. I hope you know that. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I just was watching a YouTube video of every Stanley Cup win of the past 20 years, and we got to 2011. I was like, uh-huh. when, when Tim Thomas came out with it, did you turn it? Okay, I've never seen it, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, Bergeron also a, a Quebec mm-hmm. guy. Uh, so, so there's a lot of like. Uh, there's a lot of guys in there. And, you know, like uh, Boston, I, and, I, and the funny thing is I love Boston as a city. I have so many friends from there. Um, Chris Nyland, who is a classic Montreal Canadian who's from Boston, mm-hmm. and he's a buddy of mine. He, he, he's in the Rock the Sweater video. Um, so, so I, you know, we're such good, like, we're good. Um, we're compatible cities. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Montreal, for sure. Boston, very compatible. And uh, but we have this like heated, ugly rivalry. I, I still think it's the best rivalry in sports, even though it's gotten a little bit like it's been not as intense lately. But right. man, the early 2010s. Right. Yep. Man, I hated them Bruins. I'll tell you. <laughs> so to keep it on the sports talk, I wanted to talk about the Expos because I saw in one of your uh, other videos that you had up here on the channel, uh, Remember, which was a song that I really enjoyed. Um, like, how cool was it to, like, be in the stadium and recording the video there and then, like, all of the video footage that you have on your music video? Like, how was that, man? Yeah, that's another one of those things that I could have never kind of predicted where my my career would go and the angle that it would take. And, you know, right after I had made that Hap song, I actually got challenged on the radio by, you know, I was being interviewed and the guy said, look, you know, we love these Hap songs, but we know you're an Expos fan. When's your Expos song coming out? I was like, mm. all right, you call me out on the radio. I guess I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I see at that time, that was 2010. So the Expos had only been out of existence for four years. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was really fresh and, and people didn't want to hear about it. And, and when I did it, it's kind of, it was the first time that Expos fans had to acknowledge what had happened. It took them to that place. I mean, you don't know how many people could come up to me at events and stuff like that and be like, dude, like you made me cry. Mm-hmm. These are grown men. We're talking like 40, 50 year old men who are coming up to me like you made me cry in front of my kids when I watched mm-hmm. that video. You know, and they were like, they're kind of like mad at me. I was yeah. like, I'm, so- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just a song. Uh, but But yeah, I get that all the time. And it actually, you know, now... I, I don't know how many people know about this down there, but, it, you know, there's a legit movement to get the Montreal team back. Right, yeah. And there's this whole talk about a Tampa Bay-Montreal split season, ironically Tampa Bay, who we just lost to in the final. But uh, uh, there's that whole talk and this whole movement. And my song at the beginning was one of the many, there was many sparks, I'm not going to take credit for it, but it was mm-hmm. one of the things that brought the Expos back into the consciousness of Montreal Nice. And, and it brought this idea that, oh, you know, we're actually pretty strong out here. Like we get yeah. we get a lot of hate, like, oh, nobody was in the stadium. And, you know, there was 3000 people at games and stuff like that. We get a lot of that hate. But there's a whole long history that led up to that point that not a lot of people know. They just think we don't love our baseball. But that's 100 percent not true. I mean, Jackie Robinson played here. That, 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 that's that one there. I got Jackie Robinson up on my wall. He played in Montreal before he played in Brooklyn. So we essentially broke the professional 
a professional baseball color, color barrier by having mm -hmm. Jackie here. So our history goes back a long time and it sort of awakened that like love for, for baseball in the city. And like mm -hmm. I said, realized, yo, we're pretty deep here. We got mm -hmm. a, we got a, a decent fandom. And ever since then, it's now a legit possibility that we're going to get major league baseball back in Montreal. So yeah. Hey, that's nice. the same thing happened with the Winnipeg Jets when they went to Atlanta. Correct. They went to Atlanta. Winnipeg was like, no, <laughs> they brought them back. You right. know, brought them back to Winnipeg. So yeah, and Seattle and, and the, you know, it's similar to the movement in Seattle to bring their basketball team back. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like it's only a matter of time. It's gonna happen, and the fan base got screwed there, and now they they they've they've made it known that they're deep, and they're eventually it's gonna happen for them. So we we. See ourselves in the same light as uh as the sonics fans so uh you know something i wanted to piggyback off of because you just mentioned jackie robinson that was another one of your videos that i really enjoyed because you know jackie robinson like you heard all the amazing stories that you know he had growing up and like you know the stuff that he had to go through to you know get to where he made it to you know what i'm saying and i wanted to ask you like how did you feel about Chadwick's performance as Jackie in 42. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So, Chad, so Chadwick, well, Chadwick's a great actor. Like, like there, there's no question about it. Everything I've ever seen him do, I've been impressed. And so I, I'm not going to put this on him. I didn't like 42. And the reason I didn't like 42 is because um, if, you, if you know Jackie, and, and you've seen, you know, all you have to do is watch the original Jackie Robinson story, which he stars in himself. Mm -hmm. He's a terrible actor, but, but you see his, you see Jackie's personality as it was. And I, I didn't like that they made Jackie kind of like a hard ass, you know, like they made him like, they, like Jackie, Jackie was very passive. Later he became, he became much more um, aggressive. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't take anything from anybody, but yeah. at the beginning he was, you know, he had a bit of that high pitched voice and I understand that they didn't want to go to that thing. You know, they didn't, they wanted to make him seem more, I guess, modern and, uh, and a little bit on the tougher side, but you know, the example I always use is Daniel day Lewis and Lincoln. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when that movie came out, everybody was like, why is, why is Daniel day Lewis talking using this high pitched voice for Abraham Lincoln? There was no way that he talked like that. Yeah. The truth is, Anybody who has read about Lincoln and, and has, has um, you know, read documents about debates that he held, he had that high-pitched kind of wheezing voice. It was powerful in a way, but it was a different kind of kind of tonation. And I, I feel like the movie copped out a little bit. And it's a bit of nitpicking, let me be honest. It's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, it is. It's, it's a big thing because of how much I worship Jackie. But I really felt like I wish they had been more loyal to who Jackie actually was. And that's no fault of Bozeman. I'm sure this was a directorial thing. Right. And this was a, uh, you know, they Disney'd it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, and, and not the good Disney, you know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they could have been a little bit more loyal to what had happened and Jackie's personality. And, um, but overall, it's not, a, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a bad movie per se. I actually love Harrison Ford in it. I think he's, I think he's great in it. I believe that he was... Um, that he was Branch Ricky. I felt I felt the Branch Ricky in him, and I I thought he should have got a little bit more uh, praise for that. Although I am extremely biased when it comes to Harrison Ford because he is my all-time favorite actor. So, mm. uh, well, to ask you that, if uh, you know you're a huge Harrison Ford fan, 
if you had to choose between Han Solo and Indiana Jones to spend one hour with, who would you choose? Oh, Indiana Jones. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. All day Indiana Jones. I think, I think there's so much more Indiana Jones. People don't realize like, like how different of a, an approach that, that Harrison Ford took to that character where he was like this everyday guy, you know, like even though he was doing all these like remarkable things at the end of the day, he, he was just so normal you know, like, like the whole thing where he was hurt all the time, you know, right, like yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't a superhero, you know what I mean? Like, and, and when you think about Indiana Jones, you think about this like swashbuckling superhero, but the reality is, is he showed so much vulnerability as an actor in that, in that, and as a character in, in that movie. And he, that was one of Harrison Ford's trademarks. You don't really get that so much with Han Solo. I think he's a bit of a, a he's just a badass. Yeah, yeah, that, that, first. yeah, he's a smuggler and he was like, you know, he, he played sort of a, you know, a, listen, I love Star Wars, but it's the, the characters are not, you know, rooted in these like all these layers, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they are yeah. what they are, you know, and and the charm to Star Wars is the, the world that is built around them mm. and, and, and the imagination that goes with it. But Indiana Jones is a little bit deeper than that. And because Spielberg is just a, a wonderful director and and i feel like if he had taken something like jackie we would have seen a little bit more layer to the uh to 42 we would have mm-hmm. seen a little more layers in that film anyways mm-hmm. i can talk movies forever i'm gonna uh, oh no, that, no I was hey, gonna say what do you think about this new one you know i yeah, know that's that, what i was about to ask i know too. that they're on hiatus right now i don't know if he broke his hand he broke something or they had to take break from filming but it's like i personally think the 2007 indiana jones movie is a dumpster so horrible. um yeah, horrible yeah, yeah it's it horrible. wasn't that good. It so the fact that, that we're doing another one now, 14 years, even after that one, and Harrison Ford is, you know, 60, and I, I don't know how I'm feeling. I, well, they bro, said they're going to de-age him, you know? So there's just yeah. all these things that are making me like why we're doing this. Well, bro, it's, it's, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Anakin. You can go ahead, but it's kind of like The Undertaker. Like, remember we saw in the documentary, right, he had yeah. that back. He had that match at WrestleMania, and remember, uh, you know, Rich, he was crying because uh-huh. the Undertaker was done. He was. And like Undertaker said, he said, "I'm not done. I wasn't a fan of that match." So maybe Harrison Ford, he's just like, "I wasn't a fan of Indiana Jones Five, and I need to come back." Was it no? Four. Yeah, sorry, it was this four. is five. Yeah, this is yeah. five. I'm sorry. Yeah, he wasn't a fan of the fourth one because, like you said, Trav, like it was, it was it dumpster was fire. It was bad. So maybe. He's just like, I want to go out with one last hoorah. We saw him in Star Wars uh, Episode 7. So I mean, maybe he just wants to make his fans happy. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the interesting about, thing about it, I don't know too much about it, but I, I, do, I have seen some. And of course, I've IMDb'd it and all that. But what I did notice is that, that it's a different director. Right, so yep. this will be the first one that Spielberg doesn't direct. And on the surface, you're thinking, oh man, like you can't have Indiana Jones without Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe, maybe the fourth one showed that, that he was out of kind of vision for this thing. The vision had kind of dried up. Right. And, uh, and now you get a fresh face to it, you know, kind of like what they've done with Star Wars and stuff where you, you know, it, it was a little, in my opinion, it was a little bit, uh, it wasn't the best at first. But I think now they've gotten the handle of having a non-George Lucas, right. um, you know, kind of overhead figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so maybe this is the same with, uh, with Indiana Jones, where a new director will come in, apply a new vision, and really use Harrison, age and all, in the way that it, it, it should be used. Because, it, you know, it's, 
Yeah, is Shia LaBeouf in it? I hope not. That's what I was about to ask. I don't I, think he I, is because he not. has he has all of that stuff going on right now, where uh, like the court stuff. Like, what yeah. did he get called out for? Like for like sexual assault or something? Oh, a bunch of stuff, dude. Yeah, it's a bunch of stuff that yeah. like like all yeah. these people are coming out. So I doubt that he's going to be in it. May maybe uh, uh, Indiana Jones had another kid. Like he had a daughter or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it's all under wraps and we don't know a lot of details. I'm assuming that, but I did see the um, I forget the uh, the name of, of those things the that that create the de aging like the de aging thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw that in the he had the the pins or whatever on his face. That, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That imply that he's they're clearly going to be de aging him. So I don't know. You know, it's it, it's an interesting thing. Like it, it it works. That sort of thing works sometimes and. Sometimes it doesn't work so well, but uh, anyways, anything to see Harrison with the hat and the whip again. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They got I mean, my money. They already got my money. I feel like like how you said like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I want to say like all of the films that I've seen it in so far. Of course, the Marvel films. I was about to say uh, when the budget's right, it's gonna work. Oh yeah, because you saw like they de-aged Samuel Jackson right. and uh, they de-aged Robert uh, Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. and yeah, they, they de-aged uh, Hank Pym. Uh, uh, yep. What's the actor's uh, what's his Michael name? Douglas. Yeah, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas. They de-aged him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So as, I feel like it's it's a cool thing where we see these actors who we grew up with who can still go like on the screen. And if there's a way to de-age them so that way that they can still act and they still do a phenomenal job, then I'm all for it. And then of course. It, it's like uh, I think it was Iron Man three where they said that Robert Downey Jr. He wasn't even like it was yeah, somebody else's le- body. He it broke was, his it, leg during filming, and they pretty much shot most of the movie without him. Yeah, they just had his head. Yeah, but but it was somebody else's body. I mean, yeah. then we also saw it too in uh in Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah, when, but that was intentional, you know. And like oh, they, for sure, they for meant sure. to do that. The Iron Man three thing was a bad situation that happened, yeah, and they had yeah. to come up with a plan so mm-hmm. the, the, the problem that arises is and this could be the case with the Indiana Jones especially if we're talking about the guy's already you know broken a bone or something right. is the body movements right so like in the Irishman which I think is a phenomenal fantastic movie, movie. Fun, a classic absolute classic but I think all of us kind of cringed a little bit when when you know De Niro was was kicking the kicking a crud out of somebody and then you're like well clearly he's an old man and he's not, <laughs> he's not in the prime of his life as he's as he's doing this so so i think that's where it gets a little bit like a lot of people actually uh just rejected the film because of that I like mm. for me i can get beyond stuff like that if, if the characters are strong oh, absolutely and great and i don't think there's any question irishman is like for, for actors and for people who write like myself, that was candy, man. Like that mm-hmm. movie, just candy. Uh, but, but yeah, some people, they can't, they, they, they can't invest in it if they don't believe it, even for that one second. Right. And there has to be a little bit of suspension of disbelief. And I think we're probably going to have to do a little bit of that with Indiana Jones, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, since we're uh, on the subject of movies and, uh, you know, TV shows and stuff like that. I want to kind of do a deep dive into your acting career because, you know, how I found out about you was when you voiced Dean Winchester on Supernatural. And, you know, when I did my research and I was just like, oh, snap, Anakin, he was on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And he was on Big Wolf on Campus. So before we get into all of that, like, let the viewers and the listeners know, like, how did you get into acting? That was my thing. Like, like, I grew up wanting to be an actor in spite of my obsession with hip hop and, 
and all those things. I, I when I was in high school, I never thought I was going to be a hip hop artist. I, I thought I was going to be an actor. I was I was obsessed with film. Um, I was the kid in the school who was watching movies that were 50 years old while everybody else was watching, you know, whatever I was out, Mask of Zorro or whatever it was out at that time. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I was, uh, even though I really liked Mask of Zorro, I just... Oh, liked, it was a good movie. Yeah, the sequel was good too. Uh, and, and for me, uh, I that was my thing. I was obsessed with being an actor. So I did three years of theater school up here in Montreal and um, I, I actually had an agent before I graduated. I was scouted. Wow. And, yeah, which was not a lot of people in my class had had an agent at that point. So I was scouted and I got I got it right out. And and that's when my first two gigs, well, you just mentioned them, Big Wolf on Campus, which I had no idea anybody even knew about that in the oh, U.S. Oh, okay. You know, hey, we go old school up here on Level Up. Yeah, yeah. It right? came on here in the States. Yeah. Wow. It came on ABC. Was it I, ABC It was, it was Fox Family Fox at the time. It was Fox yeah, Family Fox at the time. I thought that was fleeting, man. I thought that was yeah, like, No, that's a show. We, hey. Yeah, we grew we up grew watching. Up yeah, because I want to say it was like three seasons or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it had a yeah. good, good lengthy run. Yeah, I'm still I'm still friends with a lot of people on that show. Like, well, well, Rachel Rachel Lafave is in my mm-hmm. uh, in my Rock the Sweater video, who was also in uh, the Vampire Wolf on Campus. Yeah, but she was also in the Vampire movies. Uh, oh my god, uh, uh, Underworld. No, the ones with Robert Pattinson. I'm sorry. I'm oh, Twilight. 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 Yeah. yeah. So she was in the Twilight movies and she was, that's how I met her on Big Wolf on Campus. Nice. Um, that's crazy. Great, great person uh, and still working a lot these days. But anyways, yeah. And that was like a total one-liner on that thing. Like I came in with literally one line. But uh, for Are You Afraid of the Dark was really a fun a fun gig for me. And, and it was the first real gig that I got coming out of school. You know, it was like a five-day shoot and I was like a co-star on it. And I played like a... I played um, like I was a babysitter. I was a babysitter's boyfriend. Yeah. And, mm. and, and I was bullying. I was bullying the kids, and I always said that I would burn them like toast. That was my <laughs> big thing. And and uh, dude, I get I get I get mail from people about that show. You know, like, nice. yeah, twenty years later, I get you know, crazy. people writing me like you. You're Chuck on. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? I'm like I'm glad you remember because I wouldn't have if you didn't call me right now and call me out on it. You know, so. Uh, it was, you know, acting is, is a, is a tough, it's a tough business. And, uh, I did okay. When I came out, I was really into doing a lot of local theater. I was big on Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare. And I started my own theater company and we got into the New York French festival in 2001. Nice. So I moved down to New York in 2001 and, um, basically started my own theater company in New York and we started in the French festival and we actually won awards in our first year. So it was like, wow. Like yeah. we, we were on, we were felt like, you know, we were kids. So we, we, to us, this was like, we made it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. We just won the New York city French festival, these kids from Montreal. And we came down here and that was July of 2001. So two months later, our world's everybody's world changed. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we were still in New York and we, we saw the buildings fall in front of our eyes. And uh, that really changed my life in a lot of ways because I was living in New York and, you know, I was trying to get a job where I could. And after the buildings fell, after the, the attacks on the World Trade Center, I couldn't find a job anywhere. So um, I, 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 I toughed it out for another year. And um, then I went home and I, I did a little bit of theater when I got home, but really at that point I had already transitioned into music 
And, uh, you know, here and there I would do little gigs, even though I was, I would say 85% in music and 15%, I would do some voice gigs and, and do some acting when it came up. I still had an agent and all that, but the supernatural thing came along and uh, it was, uh, it was great. Like you'll have to forgive me because I don't, you know, it was, it, it seems like a lot, but really those things are done. Yeah. Yeah. in, In 20 days, I think I did the entire season, you know? Yeah we would do one episode a day. It seems like you'd think, oh, it's a, it's a week per episode, but no. They, they bring you in, they knock you out, knock out all the lines and, and then you're out of there, you know? So it was cool though, because they, they told me, you know, uh, Dean, uh, the, his name, the actor's Jensen name. Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles was not gonna do it, um, but the other guy was. And I was like, okay. And they said, can you do his voice? And I remember when I, did the audition. I absolutely nailed the voice. Right. Like I was like, I, I remember doing it. I'm like, man, I sound exactly like him. But when you watch the show, when you watch the show, full disclosure, I don't think I sound like him at all. I was oh, like, no, I, you did I a good job entirely. Man. You really? did a really yes, good job. It's spot on. And, so and I'm, that, I'm glad you say that. Cause I never wanted to watch it because I felt it was so rushed. Cause I was in there and, and really, I didn't get a chance to work the lines. So right. I was really, most of those are first takes, you know? Mm. So, so I was like, I felt bad about it. Cause I was like, man, I was so good in the audition, but I'm not really getting to like, like really hit it on target, you know? Well, yeah. I want to, I want to say this banks before you really get going. Okay. I was watching clips on YouTube just before we got on here, just to refresh my memory and stuff. And there's literally comments that people are like, I love when Dean shouts his name. So mm-hmm. that's how spot on you sound to Dean in the show that they really thought it was Dean saying mm-hmm. Sam's name, you know, when he yeah. does the Sam, you know, uh-huh, like they, uh-huh. they literally thought it was him, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, dude, it's a one for one shot, a shot of Dean. Oh man. You got the flash cup. See, oh, yeah, if, D, if D was here, <laughs> D, I got the D, whole collection. I got the D, D is a huge fan of the Flash, and like mm-hmm. sometimes, like when he's up here on the interviews, like he'll be wearing his Flash shirt, and you know his his favorite TV show is the Flash on the CW. You're lying! He, he, Don't let this man <laughs> <for> you. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. That's his favorite show. He watches it every week. But um, I was gonna say when I first heard that Supernatural was coming out with an anime, and they said that Jared was going to be up there, but Jensen wasn't going to be up there. I remember there was a lot of backlash because it's just like, well, how are they going to do an anime without Jared and Jensen? And then you were the voice actor who was going to be voicing Dean. And like Trav said, like you did an amazing job. Like when I watched the first episode, I was just like, it's not Jensen, but he sounds just like him. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, all you got to do is talk like Batman. That's, that's all he does. Right. Right, right. With a little bit of dude in him. Right, yeah, yeah with a little yeah. bit of dude in him. <laughs> I remember thinking, I, see, you're bringing me back now because I remember thinking, I'm like, do that deep, like Batman, Clint Eastwood type thing. It does make him sound like he's a dude also, though. You know, like he's got to be a dude. And yeah. like, you just combine those two things and then you have the voice. And, and I felt like I just got into like, I wasn't getting the intricacies of it anymore. I was just doing dude, Batman. Dude, Batman, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how rushed I was, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's cool. I, I'm glad it lives in the sort of uh, in the sort of zeitgeist of, of geekdom, you know, yeah. and, and the and the supernatural fans were actually really great to me. Like, you know, I have a, quite a few on Twitter. I have quite a few supernatural fandom sites who who especially at that time were 
were, you know, they were, they were tweeting about me and they were hitting me up for interviews and stuff like that. So that's awesome. I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect it. You know, to me, it was just a gig. I had, obviously I knew the show and I had watched it a little bit, but I was like, Oh, this is a cool gig. And it turned out to be a little bit more than that. And uh, there's even a thing on Crunchyroll on their, their site where um, they basically, they, they, they can't believe like who I was. Cause they, 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 they talk about this. Okay. This guy who came in and played the Jensen Ackles role. And then they go into kind of what we're doing here. You know, they go into the fact that it's insane. His IMDb is crazy. It's all over the place. He's a hip hop mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. He worked for, he did some writing for video games and he did all these things. And so it's kind of, it was kind of cool to, somebody told me about it and I watched it. And I was like, it was kind of cool to like see the reactions of, of people to know that this guy came in and played sort of this iconic like role Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like so layered and different and uh, not what we expected, you know? So you got to enjoy those things as an actor because of they don't course. come along. They don't come along very often when you, when you, when you fall into something like that, you really, uh, you really, I, I try to appreciate it as much as I can, you know? Especially with fandoms. Yeah. Because no, Supernatural it can, it has can a go either way. fandom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, like how you were saying, how, you know, people like they would check out your IMDb because like that's how I was. Because like I said, all I knew you from was the supernatural anime. But then I was just like, oh, wow, like he's done this, he's done that. He's a rapper. So it's like you said, you have so many layers to you. And by having those layers, it's just like now you bring in new fans because it's just like, oh, OK, like, like I said, I'm checking out your music. And I was just like, yo, like this dude, like he can spit. He can spit hot fire, like your boy Dylan <laughs> was saying. And you know, one thing that I love about your music is that, like, how one of your songs, it feels like 93, it takes me back to you know, the 90s. Like, your, your music, like, your sound, your, your vibe, presentation, like, it feels like how I was listening to music when I was growing up. And I'm, in my, you know, I'm 32 years old. I'm in my early 30s. But, you know, to hear your flow and everything, like I say, like, you're incredible. You do a really good job. Thank, thank you. Uh, like, you know, for me, uh, nostalgia and, uh, you know, I never wanted to do, you know, when, when I started rapping a lot of, you know, I had a kind of people coming in and saying like, hey, you should try this. And, you know, Fiddy is big at this time, you know, she's right. rap a little bit more like him. And like, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I'm like, no, nah, I have to be honest with, wh- with mm-hmm. who I am. And I, I have to be loyal to what inspires me. I can't pretend that I'm inspired by something else. I can't. Right. be somebody else just to just to fit into whatever mold that you have and you know and to the point where i i saw it out and i worked with some of the people that i grew up watching like oh you know inspected deck of wu-tang i have a song with him mm-hmm. uh, on, on my new record i have a, we, we we reunited and we did another one um onyx sticky fingers and fredro star from onyx we, yeah, we, we saw that together, and so Sticky's on. So my, on my new record, I have a track with Deck and Sticky together, and that's the first time they've ever worked together. Wow, that's so, crazy! Nice. So it's one of those things like, what the what what is happening? Like, <laughs> how did I get these two like hip hop icons to like come together on my track? Uh, and and these are guys that I worship growing up. You know, exactly. Hey. Uh, so so it's it's a little bit of it, it's a little bit of kind of career path, but it's also the loyalty to what you know and what you love. And mm-hmm. even when I was doing theater, my, what the one of the plays that I did in New York, which was actually the biggest hit that we had done in New York was called Killing Jar Jar. And it was about <laughs> waiting in line. It was about waiting in line for Star Wars, for, for Phantom Menace, because we did the overnight thing. Right. We, we, we stayed waiting for tickets. You don't have to do that anymore. anymore but back, right. in, 
back in the 90s, you had to do that. You know, if you really wanted to get that movie, you had to get there hours and hours early. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Phantom Menace, it was a whole it other was a huge deal back then. Man. Mm-hmm. I remember like seeing in the news, the newspaper, like uh, newspaper articles where like people were in line, like they were taking pictures of them. They were dressed up as, uh, you know, their favorite characters from the Star Wars fandom. And like, it was crazy back then. Like, like you say, you don't have to do that anymore now. We did it. We lived that life. And, and, uh, and uh, well, my best friend is Elias Dufexis. So he, uh, he played uh, Adam Jensen on the uh, Deus Ex um, oh, okay. video game. Yeah, so he's the lead of that. And he's been in Star Trek Discovery and uh, uh, what's that show, Expanse. He's, he's, he's very well known. Oh, man, The Expanse is so good on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's in the first season. He has one of one of the he has a big role in the first season, and he's uh, we grew up together. So, uh, and we did the whole line thing together, and uh, we we together we wrote a play about it, and we said this is this is just hilarious because, you know, back to the whole hip hop thing, it was like we are combining the two things that we love: mm-hmm. art, making art, creating, but also resorting to the nostalgia. And the stuff that we grew up loving. And you know what they tell you, they write what you know, right? Like right. any great writer will tell you, start with what you know. So I'm 20 years old. The only thing I know about is geekdom and hip hop, you know? Mm. And so I'm like, I'm like, what am I gonna write a play about? So let me write about my experience about waiting in line of Star Wars tickets. And we did it in New York, and uh it was great. The the fandom there came out, the New York. Star Wars fan club. They promoted it. They were all there opening night. And, uh, you know, we, we dressed in costumes, walking around Times Square, promoting the play. Um, and it was, it was a really good, really fun experience because we were doing something that New Yorkers cared about. And we were also doing something that we cared about. So it, it was, it was a fun thing. And, and I'd like to think that even today, you know, with this new album, I'm working with Deck and Sticky again. So I'm still doing that, you know, even even as a grown man. And it's a serious thing for me. It's my career. It's my money. It pays my rent. Mm-hmm. But I still have to resort to those things that I know and that I love. And, you know, this is the joy of the thing. Golden Eat Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia, for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today. Yeah, now I wanted to piggyback off of what you were saying um, because I'm a professional wrestler and I had went to a William Regal seminar. uh, I want to say it was like two years ago. And one of the things that William Regal said, and if you don't know who William Regal is, I, know, yeah. I know I know you're a wrestling fan, but to everybody that's listening and uh, listening, I always say listening, but <laughs> listening and watching right now, look up William Regal because he's an incredible guy. And he said, when it comes to wrestling, you always want to do what works best for you. Like you don't, I mean, you can take advice from people, like people, like they'll give you good advice. Sometimes they'll give you bad advice, but you have to do what works for you. And like that just goes to, you know, everybody that is, you know, in a certain field that they're trying to, you know, succeed in. You have to do what works for you. You can't you can't do what everybody tells you to do, because if you do, then you'll fail because it's like it's not genuine. It's not what's for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. F- find your lane. And, and and, you know, I was listening to a podcast today. One of the other things I'm big into is fantasy football. I love fantasy football. I play it. I'm in like three different leagues. I'm. I'm crazy about that. So 
what are the, one of the guys was saying on the podcast, he was like, how did you get into fantasy football? And he said, it was, it was a side gig at first. And I find that a lot of people, especially in, in the current environment where we have so many resources to do the things that we love, mm-hmm. a lot of side gigs become real gigs. Right. Yeah. You know? That's what hip hop was for me. So like when I was in New York, I was slumming it as an actor. And I remember there was a magazine in New York called Backstage. And basically they would list, you know, small time auditions. You didn't have to have an agent to go to these auditions. You could just walk in. Mm -hmm. So one of those things, and I was desperate at this point because I had to pay rent. One of these things was hip hop label. I was like, all right. I'm like, I can, I can spit some bars. You know, I, I can, I, I would do it for fun with my boys. I'm like, who knows what'll happen? So I went there and I, I had these 16 that I had written and uh, it was in Jamaica, Queens. I'll never forget. It was Jamaica, Queens. I was the only white dude in the room. And at that time I had like my hair up in a ponytail, you know, cause I was in some, I was in Romeo and Juliet. So I grew my hair out and I, yeah. I wanted to look like, like one of the Capulets or whatever. So I walk in my hair in a ponytail and a whole line of record producers or, or whatever. It was a small time label that didn't amount to anything, but it felt big at the time. And I just dropped my 16 and they were banging on the walls and they were like, <laughs> who is this white boy who came in with his, you know, hair up in a ponytail and he's killing it. And, and that was the first, so they signed me to their like little label and I, I was in there for a year, but it didn't amount to anything except for the fact that I got in the booth for the first time I recorded a real track for the first time and I was like, damn, I'm feeling this. Like, I, I feel like this is real for me. Mm-hmm. This, it, it, I had that same sensation like when I was on stage and making somebody laugh, you know, or, or, or making somebody cry with a certain scene, you know, like when you're the theater to any actors who have never done theater, you need to do it because that is the, that is the pure essence of being a creator as an actor. You, you're creating emotion in front of your face. And, and you, you, you need to experience that. And that's how it was in the room when I was dropping my 16 and seeing their reactions. And I was like, wow, I'm kind of blending my side thing with my love and my career. And then I was like, I can do this. So my side thing then became my real thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really think, you know, going back to what we were saying is you got to know what it is that you love to do. And oftentimes, if you're willing to come home at night from your nine to five job and put work in, on something else, you might love that thing, you know, and, and that may lead to somewhere else. And I, and I feel like, I feel like a lot of greatness comes out of that. He gave the example of Joe Rogan, right? Cause Joe Rogan was, you know, he, his, his podcast was a side thing at first, you know, he was doing reality TV. He was the yep. UFC guy, you know, and then he did this podcast that started with UFC, but eventually he brought in other new uh, guests on it. And now he just sold it for what, $3 million to Spotify or something like wow. that. It's, you know, so yeah, follow, follow that little path that, you know, just that you, you didn't know you were going to take, but suddenly you're on this path. Like, don't say, Hey, where am I going? Really understand what, where that path is taking you before you, you, you push it away. You know, I think that's important. No, I 100% agree with you. And, uh, you know, it's like you said, like, sometimes it's like you start off on that path because like with us, our podcast is like when we first started, like we were just interviewing a bunch of our friends mm-hmm. and, of course, you know, when you start a podcast, especially when, uh, you know, nobody knows who you are, like people, they knew who I was because I was a wrestler. So, of course, they tuned in for that. And like, that's what, you know, some of our listeners, they still do because, you know, Benjamin Banks is the wrestler. But, um, you know, like I said, we were interviewing our friends, we were interviewing family. And then a couple of times, like we would get somebody that was like a voice actor or 
an actor or something like that. But it wasn't until I want to say like the end of last year where we kind of started picking up steam because we were starting to get uh, bigger voice actors up here and we were getting voice actors who we grew up watching. So it's, it's like how you were saying, like with hip hop, it's just like you're working with people who you grew up listening to. And like it's the same thing for us. It's like we grew up listening to these people on like Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, like these popular animes. And it's just like now we have the opportunity to talk to them. I mean, still, like with me, this is like you voice Dean Winchester on Supernatural. And, you know, I watched that. I watched that. Yeah. And that's my man crush. And I watched <laughs> that. I watched that back in 2011 when it dropped. And now it's 2021. And, and, you know, I'm having the opportunity to talk with you, the voice of Dean, and just finding out so much more about you. And I hope that everybody who's listening and watching this episode is decided that they're finding out more about you as well. And that's what we love, what we do here on Loving Up with Benjamin Banks. Because while we do have an interview, it's more of a conversation and we're like Olive Garden. We're all family here. <laughs> Dominic Toretto's been, real proud. Uh, Dom Toretto, he's just like, I like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it, man. Like for me, you know, it's fluidity in, in you know, especially when you when you meet guys like you who I can throw things out there and y'all like, okay, yeah, yeah, you 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 know what I'm the references, you know, like yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Too often I go through life, especially when I was growing up, where I knew so much about things that nobody knew anything about. So mm-hmm. I, I really, you know, I stuck to my people because I knew that, you know, if I can drop a reference about wrestling or, or uh, you know, obscure movies or something like that, I know my boys would, would you know, we'd be able to start rapping about it, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's, it, it's, you know, people trivialize stuff like that in kingdom, uh, geek, geekdom and stuff like that. But they don't realize it's a, it's community, man. Like, like oh, for sure, it brings people together, shared shared interests, man. When you go on a date, you know, like you're like, okay, is is this woman, this man, is he is he for me? Is she for me? You, the first thing that you try to navigate is shared interests. You're like, yep. does she know about movies? You know, and then I always do the test. I'm like, you know, I, I start to like incorporate movies into the thing. And if I see that she doesn't know anything about it, I'm already like, well, that's a minus. Uh, yeah, it's time to keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah hey, I agree with you, man. Like, I, it's true, I mean, though. It sounds savage, but it's truth, right? No, it is. It, because, like you say, you can navigate, like, uh, you know, which which way you want to go with this. Like, I, I just went on a date with somebody, and we met on Tinder. And, like, her Tinder bio, it mentioned, uh, like, if we played Mario Kart 64, who would you choose? And I was just like, hey, this is my type of lady. And, you know, just the conversations that we had where we talk about video games and, like, she brought up Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I'm just like, well, where has this girl been at? You know, it's just, it's crazy because, again, too, I know you say you're not big into video games, but Final Fantasy X, it just celebrated its 20th anniversary. And I know when I was coming up, there wasn't a lot of people who played RPG games. Mm -hmm. So like how you were saying with your crew, it's like you could talk about those references and everybody would get it. Whereas, you know, for me coming up, it's just like everybody played Madden and NBA. Nobody was playing Final Fantasy or Legend of Zelda. So I just love how the world is now where it's like being a nerd is more acceptable. And because, you know, being a nerd is more acceptable, you know, you can tell the new fans like, oh, well, you need to check out this movie or you need to check out this game. 
And of course, you still have people who gatekeep and just like, oh, well, you weren't around back in 1990 where this this is like, no, like if this person wants to learn about this, like show them the way. Like, don't be. A- yeah. Well, I'm old head, too. Like, I'll, yeah. you know, I'll be like, let me teach you a couple of things, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with the wrestling. Because like for me, like I'm an old school head all the way. Like, you know, you got the attitude area era for sure. It's like uh, I love it. But for me. The rock and roll, you know, 80s. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's my jam right there. Like, I could watch that stuff all day. Late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I, I get into Vortex, man. I'll go on YouTube and I'll fall into this wrestling Vortex. And I'll have to, like, literally yank myself out of it. Because, you know, it, it brings me back to that place. I remember the thrills of being a kid and watching that. And also, like, to me, it's art. You know what I mean? Like, it's, Oh, for sure. It is. It's, it's no, you know, it's, it's a dance. It's, you know, it's creativity. It's a show. It's like, put, these guys are a real artist. And mm-hmm. it doesn't get a lot of credit. So sometimes I have to, like, get through to people. You know, I got to be like, you know, you got to give this a chance. Like, don't, don't think of it what it is on its surface. Understand what it takes. And thank God we have a lot of these documentaries now that, that kind of really, you know, open sure. up the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think finally these wrestlers and the creators and even the writers and all that are getting the respect that they deserve. Because when I was growing up, it was a, it was a sham, you know, it was, it was fake and it was all that. It's like, we didn't care if it was fake. It was, it was a great show, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, why can't you respect that show like you would respect anything that's on NBC or CBS? Or reality or television. That's what I tell people. Right, right. Yeah. And it's even better than that because at least at least they have like guidelines for what they're going to do and, and and they're putting their bodies on the line and mm-hmm. and it's it's you know anyways it's I, I, I'm in a vortex now so <laughs> oh no no hey, hey we snowball up here man and it's kind of like uh like say if somebody's favorite movie is Star Wars and they're like well yeah wrestling is fake but it's just like yeah well you know that they're not really in space right you like yeah, you yeah, know exactly. that hey. you know you know that when uh. You know, Princess Leia and The Last Jedi, when even though that was a bad movie, you know she wasn't really like Mary Poppins in space and floating. and you and floating and all that stuff. And it's like they don't like <laughs> that stuff, but it's just like don't don't crap on something that I love, especially because I actually do it. Like don't crap on what I love and fans love to watch on TV or pay to come to the shows just because you don't like wrestling. And I wanted to ask you this, uh, since you're a huge wrestling fan. Top five wrestlers of all time. I hope Macho Man Randy Savage is in there. He's number one. Ooh, I like. How'd you know that? What what gives that away? And I'm a he's hey, he's he my favorite. Hey, you hey, just for me, Oh, he oh, was yeah. number one. Not even close. Yeah, dude. Like I, when I was in grade six, I I I I had a fake marriage with my girl. My girl. <laughs> Full disclosure, okay? This is, this is now public, okay? I had a fake marriage with my grade six girlfriend. And as she was like, we're going to get married in the in the, the baseball uh, field. You uh-huh. know, and it was a thing during recess or lunch, you know? And I was like, okay, but you have to dress up as Elizabeth. Uh-huh. And I have to dress up as Macho Man. And at the end, when our vows are completed, you have to get on my shoulder. Yes, I was going to ask. Did you put it on your shoulder? Did you get to propose and do the whole, will you marry me? <laughs> what does he say? He's like, I love you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, not a lot, a little bit. 
you know, <laughs> we love, I love, I like, I worship the guy, but also, you know what I love about him? He was a great actor because he was oh, so, for sure. mm-hmm. so committed, man. Like he mm-hmm. was so committed to this role and you're I like, am. no, that was his detriment though. Oh yeah. A little bit. Right. He went overboard with it. He was a method actor in the worst sense. Like Andy Kaufman. Right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Andy, totally mm-hmm. Andy Kaufman. But, but no, no ounce of you did not believe that this man was who he was. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? And those were the guys I love. So Savage, Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. um, Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Man, two more. Got to put Taker in there. I think, I think Taker, like on a, on, a, on a neutral, unbiased level, is the GOAT. Right. Because oh, for like, sure. You'll get Ric Flair. You'll get Hogan. You'll get Austin. You'll get The Rock, all that stuff. To me when has this guy not been great? When did he ever had a moment where you weren't yeah. like, you know, like he did it all. He had great pops back in the day too. Like if you watched it, even before the attitude era stopped the pop, when he would come into the, Oh yeah. I don't think I was scared of him when I was a kid. Oh, we all were right. him and Kane and such a out there, out there gimmick. And it still worked. None of us questioned it. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like so true. we're like, oh, he's dead. Whatever, he's a dead man. You know, it, I I think he's the goat, and so he has to be in my top five. And you know, man, who else could I? I want to put an old school guy that's maybe more obscure. Oh, Mister Perfect, I love Mister Perfect. I thought you was gonna say Randy Hogan. <laughs> Randy Hogan, <laughs> Mega Powers exploding. Yeah. Oh god. No, I love, I love, I love Perfect. I thought he was, uh, he he was like that. He was subtle in his like character. But mm-hmm. he, he could wrestle, and you believed him. Mm-hmm. He was a, he's a technician. You, you believed in his craft. I love those guys that, that took their craft so seriously, mm-hmm. you know? And you hear stories about Savage and, and uh, Steamboat, and, like, Savage met him in the, in the morning, uh, you know, every morning leading up to WrestleMania yeah, 3. Yeah, wrote it on yeah. the paper. Writing mm-hmm. it all out. And, like, I love stories like that. I'm like, yo, you're, you're no different than a Shakespearean actor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, who's breaking down his iambic pentameter and the lines and like where to stress this word and stress that word. You know, what tone do I use? How much of a pause do I take? What's the difference? That's what Savage and Steamboat did. And they made Mm -hmm. the greatest match ever, you know, which I could still watch this Mm -hmm. day and appreciate every moment. So to me, I I think it's as, as great an art as, as any out there. So respect to you for, for, thank you. You know, being more brave, first of all, because it takes more bravery you know, like, cause I've, I've wrestled before I did like a training thing and we had a little match and we were, you know, it was all kind of organized, but we did two weeks of training. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, man, every bump, I was like, yeah. how, how hey. do people do this, man? Yeah. Hey, the first time that I had took my first back bump when I went into my first class, I like I felt fine at, at practice, but then it was just like the next day, like I was, I was in pain. I was just like, yo, like, like this is real. So like when people are just like, oh, wrestling's fake and all that stuff. Like it's not fake. Like at the end, like we're professional stuntmen. Like everything that we do is real. Like when we get hit, like when we fall, like I mean, you see that, like what happens to some of these guys. Like they get injured very, very bad. So you know when people say that, oh, this is fake and all this other stuff, I just tell them to shut the f up. You know, I can't cuss up here, but get but the f out. Get the f out. I fractured my ankle doing that. Mm. Two weeks, mm. man. My boy put me in a suplex. One of my best friends puts me in a suplex. And, like, I just angled it wrong. And I landed on yeah. my ankle. Mm-hmm. Chipped it. That's, I didn't even realize. Hard. I finished the match. 
I didn't even realize it. And then the next day I couldn't even, I couldn't even walk. That's so, what adrenaline mm-hmm. will do to you though. Yeah. That's all uh, adrenaline, my man. All uh-huh. adrenaline. But all that's to say is one little mistake and yep. you know, it, cost mm-hmm. me, it cost me like two months of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why they be telling you on WWE, don't try to stay at home. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, like it's it's dangerous because it's like like you said one one slip one move man and bam it's just like imagine if it was worse than that you know what I'm saying so it's like wrestling like it's it's legit man it's it's not for the faint of heart and it has to be something that you really want to do because there's going to be a lot of times where it's like your body's going to be in pain you're you're going to be sore and it's not for everybody some mm-hmm. people think that they could just get in the ring and do it just because they see it on TV but it's like you can't. You know, um, I got two questions. Uh, one is a question for me and one is a question that D always asks our guests every time before we wrap it up. But um, my final question for you is, when does your album drop? So here's the thing. My album was like totally completed before the Canadians went on this run. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, like I said before, to start off, which seems so long ago that we were talking about the Habs. But uh, when we started, when I finished the album, it didn't look like the Canadians were going to do anything. And then they went on this run that they haven't been on in about 30 years. So I had to spend my time re-upping all these songs. So I delayed the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm kind of regrouping and, and putting it back together and, and putting a timeline uh, I'm going to drop a single within the next month and then I should have the record out and ready to go by the fall. So let's say September, October. So awesome. look out for it. I'm easy to find at Anakin Slade on pretty much every, every uh, platform, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. I'm easy to find. So if you care about the music that I'm making, look, you know, seek me out. Awesome. And, you know, after talking with you today, man, I'm definitely going to purchase the new album, man. Got to show support to our guests that we have up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Mm -hmm. And so the final question that D always asks, Trav, did you have any other questions before we wrapped it up? Nope. Okay. D always (laughs) always asks, if you could choose one horror movie, whether it be the 80s or the 90s, as one of your favorites, what would that movie be? 80s or 90s. Damn. Man, horror movies? Give me one second. Give me one second. You know, the first movie that popped in my head right now was Poltergeist. Mm, mm, that's I, a good one. I don't know if it if it's because I like it or I just remember the trauma. I have that scene. I don't know when's the last time you saw that, but the scene where the, the meat is on the counter. Right. Oh, the steak. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, that thing, man, that scene gave me nightmares. I don't know what it was about it, but... Like, I remember, like, I could never look at my kitchen counter the same for, mm-hmm. like, years and years when I was a kid. I'd be like, anytime my mom or my dad would put, like, a slab of meat on that counter, I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> please don't yeah. stop It's don't in my head pulling. right now. Like, thanks, Anakin. <laughs> but <that's- laughs> then, he, then he went to the bathroom, and then he started ripping his face. Right? Oh, yeah. And then I went vegan. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes those movies, those horror movies, so good is all the practical stuff uh-huh. and yeah. the fact that, you know, none of that stuff involves CGI when the poltergeist stuff starts happening. Like yeah. they're on like these invisible strings that you can't see. And they're, they're like puppeteers. They're manipulating yeah. all mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's really, really cool that somebody even came up with this concept to do this stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And take right. it to the next level. Cause 
the Poltergeist remake is horrible. It was horrible. horrible. Oh my god! Ah. It, it wasn't even a movie that should have been touched because yeah. it still holds up. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, but but what you said is true. The organic kind of like mm-hmm. feel those things where you you know like even something as simple as as like Yoda or something. You know, it's right. like sure, like obviously it's a puppet, but it's so much more um real no i agree for the lack of a more complicated term but yeah it's just he he just felt real in empire strikes back and return of the jedi and then mm-hmm. it came up in phantom medicine and then made him this like or no it wasn't phantom medicine i think it was the ones that it was uh, uh attack of the clones i yeah. was well, not a fan attack of the clones when it. you got to see him do what he does but he still was like on the council in phantom and the menace but honestly yeah. i was a kid so that was exciting for me i was nine no, right. and, I was uh, not feeling it as a kid. Phantom I was Menace not feeling out, that. What I hated is when they did the remasters of the original and they like replaced Job of the Hut with the CGI Job of the Hut, and yeah. Yeah, they exactly. they added the stuff to the pit, so it wasn't just yeah. the pit. They tried to make it like yeah, this, that's that's it, it was example. unnecessary. The stuff that George Lucas was trying to do. Why are mm-hmm. you doing it, dude? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and that's it. He lost touch of what the charm of the thing. Right. Which exactly. Jabba as knowing that Jabba was this big kind of like, basically the giant mechanical puppet and there were like yeah. things inside, like, you know, working his tongue and like the, working the tail and doing all that thing. Like that's, that's amazing. That's like what we're saying about wrestling. It's the show. It's the intricacy of the show. Mm-hmm. It's the, the time and the effort put into it. It translates on the screen and to the viewer. And just to know that some dude is sitting there at his computer and like, making a fake job up it's so not the charm, same you know yeah. you lose all the charm of the thing you know but i'll hit you with one like i don't know if this is a hot take anymore but as much as they weren't perfect i'll take the prequels over the new ones any day are you talking oh, about seven, seven eight and nine yeah, seven, yeah. Seven, no one two and three i will yeah, take so, over oh for sure over the, sure. the last three that they did yeah yeah i did oh, enjoy one. seven though i did when force awakens came out i actually really it was did good. enjoy it and then eight was just like, uh, like what they did with Luke and just everything in eight. It was just, uh, well, at yeah. least nine tried to fix some of the stuff, no. but it, it's nine's too worse late. than eight, dude. I, I, I like nine more than eight, though. Oh, yeah, God, I think I, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't vibe with any of them. And I don't know if, I don't know if it's a hot take anymore, but I felt like it was. No, it, it still is. Yeah. Like, people still talk about that. I mean, because, I mean, like, thankfully, you know, we got the Mandalorian now, and then you have all this other. You know, Star Wars content coming out to uh, make us forget about seven through nine because, like, just the whole I mean, like, yeah, it was a Star Wars movie, but it wasn't a Star Wars movie, if that makes any sense. Like, it, like, it didn't, it didn't make me feel well, seven made me feel good, but eight and nine were just like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, because they went heavy on the nostalgia in seven, so you couldn't help but feel like, exactly. yeah, yeah, they know? just re, they just redid. Episode four hope. now, but what's yeah. it called? Yeah, they just rebooted a new hope. Yeah. But by nine, it's completely worn off and you're just and it's like, garbage. Yeah, yeah well, Jeez. man, when they when they brought Dark uh Sidious back, I was yeah. just like, we don't we don't need the Palpatine stuff. Right. Yeah, we don't it's need really because they just didn't know where to go. They wrote themselves into a really bad hole and right. they just had no idea what they were gonna do. And they I can't need remember a, they need a fresh voice, and that's why putting Dave Filoni in to mm-hmm. do the Mandalorian and now. Um, he's basically in charge now, which is yeah, really- yeah. I think now he's actually been promoted like president of Lucas Films. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the way to go, man. And and that's what I was saying about Indiana Jones is like you need a guy who respects the material for right. sure, and he comes mm-hmm. in and gives makes it fresh, but also understands that that 
what the fans want to see. We don't want to see like fake nostalgia. Like we yeah. don't want it like beat over the head, like all the like, you know, like all the throwbacks that they do and stuff like that. It's like eye rolling stuff, you know, that you, you gotta, you gotta be loyal to the material, but also understand that we also want a little bit of freshness mm-hmm. and get, blend that up, mix it up together, you know? And I think Filoni, he gets that. Yeah. Yeah. So- Agreed. Uh, uh, one last, sorry, try to cut you off, but uh, I was going to say, that um, they did the same thing with the Creed movies, where it's just like, you know, you had a little bit of nostalgia in there, but it was fresh enough to the point where it's just like, this is a, a new story. Absolutely. And now Creed three's coming out and uh, Sylvester Stallone isn't going to be in it. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, the direction that it goes, but I already know that they're going to knock it out of the park again. Yeah, well, you know, Michael P. Jordan, he's what an actor. Incredible, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I know. I just want to say one more thing before you wrap this up. Um, it, what, what besides the album coming out, are you writing anything new going on? What's going on with anything else that you got working? Yeah, I got I got a big project that I'm working on. I, I wish I could say a lot about it, but I'm really mm-hmm. actually under a, a NDA, a, an NDA, mm-hmm. and uh, but it is going to be um, an anime that I oh, nice. that I've written with my best friend Elias, who I was telling you before, right um and uh we're 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 waiting for a green light and but we're we're like we're almost there and and that and that's kind of one of those things that's like a a kind of life-changing thing that if it happens so uh we're 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 hoping to hear about that soon i can't say much more than that unfortunately but um just to let you know that like you know i'm I'm doing my music thing but i'm really kind of getting into that geekdom world again you know I, i i spend a lot of time on music and i tried to to keep my my ear and my 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 head in in where you know the things that i love and supernatural being one of those things that i was lucky to have done in the middle of my music career but now things are changing a little bit and i'm rounding a corner and uh hopefully that will i'll be able to share this uh, story with the world so uh like i say follow me and uh hopefully i'll have a big announcement sometime soon hey well we would definitely love to have you back up here so that way we can talk about the anime and uh, we can help promote it once it comes out and uh, before we let you go, I just want to say thank you, Anakin. It was awesome talking mm-hmm. to you. It was awesome talking to Dean Wood-Jester. <laughs> um, and before we let you go, could you just tell everybody in social media land where they can find you at again? Yeah, so on Twitter and on Instagram, at Anakin Slade, A-N-N-A-K-I-N. It's two N's, not uh, Anakin with one N. So, so that's the distinction there. S-L-A-Y-D, so Anakin Slade. And uh, yeah, I've got, like, like I said before, I'm on all the platforms, so... Um, easy to find, but uh, yeah, stay in touch because I got a lot of different stuff coming out of me that hopefully uh, we'll see the light of day soon. Awesome, nice, well, awesome. We appreciate your time, man. Bro, that was fun. That was fun, man. Yeah, bro. It's like remember, like he said, is I didn't know what I was going to be getting myself into. We we didn't. We, you never know with these things. That's what I'm saying, man. And mm-hmm. I relate this to just life in general, bro. It's like you never know what's going to happen when you get together and just talk, bro. Uh-huh. You know what, what I you mean? About anything. So it's like all mm-hmm. these people that be arguing online all the time and there's so much hate, dude. It's like, dude, I guarantee, man, if y'all just hopped in a Zoom thing and started randomly chatting it up, you would probably think the person's way cooler than you gave them credit for. Initially. Yeah, because all you know all you know them for is uh, having that opposite are. opinion of whatever it is that you're talking yeah. about in that one yeah. moment of life. Yeah, and then also too, like on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, it's just like you don't know the emotions and the feelings behind somebody's message or post that they're putting out. 
and you don't know their tone. That I mean, it just goes to texting too. Like you don't know somebody's tone when you're texting them. For sure. Like, that's why like sometimes like, hey, like I just wanted to call you or or you know, so, or with these like I'm good. We like we thought you meant you didn't you didn't want to do it. We yeah. <laughs> Because that's what you that's like you like well it was like when you had said yeah I'm good when I was asking about ramen and I was just like so we're not going he's like no I mean like I'm good I'm, I'm good like, yeah yeah exactly you, know, you always saying I'm good exactly. on it. but yeah man bro Anakin he was awesome bro yeah I'm just I'm happy that I finally got to talk with Dean Winchester it's it's like I said during the interview it's like I watched Supernatural the anime ten years ago. And now I got to actually talk with the man behind the voice. And it's like Anakin was saying, it's just like, if you just stick to your guns and follow the path that you set in life, it's just like, you never know what's going to happen. And like, you may be, somebody might be watching me wrestle in the ring. And I'm like, 10 years from now, they'll be in the ring and be like, man, Benjamin, I remember watching you. And it's just like, now like I'm wrestling against you. I mean, it's the same thing with me and Griff. Me and Griff, uh, like, I was a fan in the audience, and I was watching him in the ring, and, like, now we're the Golden Pinky Society. You just never know where life is going to take you. And, uh, yeah, again, like I said, Anakin is a good guy. Everybody that's listening, uh, make sure that you support him, follow him on all of his social media accounts, and purchase his album when it comes out. Check him out on YouTube. It's at uh, Anakin Slave. Like I, like, I wasn't just saying that stuff on the interview just to say it. Like, I listened to his music and it, it's definitely a throwback feel. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely for guys like us that grew up on a certain style of hip hop, you know, where it's real boom bappy, you know, it's mm-hmm. got the big drums. It, there's not a lot of trap stuff going on, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously the production level is like what today's production level is. And I really like his name because it's like back in the day when people came up with names, it was kind of like what he was talking about, where you throw things together and combine yeah. them. And I, I like the name Anakin Slade. I mean, yeah, it's dope, dude. It's a dope name. First, it rolls off the tongue just like dude, Benjamin Banks. That's a, of course. <laughs> I mean, this is truth, man. I mean, like, I, I hear know, it all some, the time. Somehow it just comes back to you, right? It always comes back okay. to me, Daddy. <laughs> so, uh, Trav, go ahead and let everybody in social media land know where they can find you. Hey, and, and, and you should know by now, but if you don't, you can follow your boy on the Instagram at ZK Audio. You can shoot me a follow on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K. And they looking to get smooth like butter like my boy Benjamin Banks. Where they gonna find him at? You can find me, your hero, Benjamin Banks at King Benji underscore Banks. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. And also, D, he's not here with us this week, so I'm going to go ahead and shout out his Instagram. You can find him at rebellious underscore underscore D23 on Instagram. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our brand new episode with guest Anakin Slade. And uh, again, like I said, make sure you follow him on all of his stuff at Anakin Slade. And uh, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Our YouTube is at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, and we have interviews, reaction videos, reviews on so much stuff. Uh, Interviews like Anakin's will be up there this Friday, so make sure that you check that out. Um, Also, make sure that you follow us on all of our social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you to our patrons who donate to us each and every week. We really appreciate that. And uh, if you would love to donate to us and, uh, you know, help us 
keep some socks on our feet. It is at Leveling Up Banks on Patreon. Winter's coming, baby. Winter is coming, and, and we need to keep warm because the fire is getting low. And uh, with that being said, thanks for always uh, supporting us and listening to us each and every week. Thank you for watching our stuff that we do put up on YouTube. And like Anakin was saying earlier, it's just like you got to keep on grinding, and that grinding, it does pay off. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Like I always say, keep that pinky up, stay positive. Peace.